Hey y'all, what if you really could change your life? If there was a way to be healthy and intentional in every area of your life? Good news, there is. And we show you how each week on All of You Hold. Hosted by me, Caroline Fossil, entrepreneur, wellness expert, author, and speaker. Every episode is an in-depth look at how to help you get unstuck, be brave in your life choices, and have a meaningful life all either from my own experiences or from the experts I interview. My goal is to help you build a healthy, connected, and intentional life that fulfills your greatest purpose. I feel like today's guest needs no introduction, but in case you haven't run across Terry Turner of No Crumbs Left, she is a Whole30 paleo gluten-free blogger. She also has a best-selling cookbook, The No Crumbs Left Cookbook. So she is an author, blogger, also has a top podcast. She just loves to eat, lives in Chicago. She is seriously one of my all-time favorite people. So when she offered to do a virtual book tour for me, I just jumped at the opportunity. We decided to go ahead and record it and make it a podcast episode so that you guys could listen to it too. She is just such a gem of a human being. You just want to grab a cup of tea, snuggle under a warm blanket by the fire, sitting next to Terry Turner. I could talk to her seriously all day. So I hope you enjoy our conversation about life, about writing cookbooks, about this paleo way of eating. Honestly, This is just girl talk and we talk about all the things. So I hope you enjoy as much as I did. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We are here with Terry Turner, the infamous Terry Turner of No Crumbs Left. And so Terry, I would love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners. Thank you. I am, it's a big day because we celebrated 400,000 followers on Instagram. You I think are it's like so amazing. 412,000. And I'm so I'm a cookbook author. I'm a blogger. I'm a podcaster. Mostly I'm a person that likes to eat. And um, <laughs> I had the opportunity to do, I was invited to do a Whole30 endorsed book a couple yes. of years ago, which has been like a lot of fun and fabulous. It's so and, good. Um, you know, I like being in the space and talking to people like yourself. We've had an opportunity to be together at things before yes. and to, you know, empower other women. And, you know, I dig the whole process. So, so and I'm good. a mother, grown kids, but I'm yes. a mother. Right. Yes. Your kids are so precious too. Amazing. Well, I want to start out by asking you about how did you start No Crumbs Left? Because to be honest with you, I feel like everyone I know in this space is in their 30s and you're what 41 yeah exactly 41 <laughs> on repeat yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, um, I tur- so like I how turned- did you start no crumbs left i mean i turned 60 this year so i mean no. i i never was like i want to be a blogger or anything i've always right. been a person that likes to eat and likes to cook right and so it was a lot of fun you know just like i've always been on that foodie journey like what are we going to eat my friends would yes. you know, make my recipes so i was well known in my circle of friends you know for being a foodie so really my kids were kind of nearly out of the house. And I was like, you know, I'm, I need more in my life. I said to my friend, Kate Schifrin over like a, a washing machine one day that she was helping me buy. <laughs> I said, I need more in my life. And I don't know what that looks like. And I always feel like when, you know, when we do that, you know, we, we open up the possibility for all that can be. 
Yes. Um, and so, you know. And so what and year was that? that? That's what I want to know. When did, remind me when No Crumbs Left started. I feel like the blog, I feel like 2015, really yeah. 2016, okay. I think is when the, when the blog, when the blog was. Yeah. Um, and, you know, really there was just Instagram with 44 yes. followers, you know, I know. and I, I know. was just sharing, you know, kind of what I love to do. And an audience showed up kind of one after another. You know, so I remember fun. thinking, oh my God, what if I could get to like 200 followers or something? So, oh my gosh. Um, and I did a lot of it at that point with, with my kid, Lucy, who is now called September. Um, and we did a lot of that together. And that was a lot of fun. And at a certain point, you know, Lucy decided that we needed to set up a Facebook. And so yeah. Lucy took all of my recipes and pictures and things that they had been editing and basically launched a Facebook without even telling me people, people <laughs> could like navigate to my house, you know, yes. Oh my gosh. You know, as a chef, I'm like, I'm not a chef. I'm, I'm really a home cook. Sure. Um, but she invited friends who invited friends who invited friends who invited friends. Yes. And we've got a half a million people following on Facebook. And yeah, so it led to all kinds of wonderful things. And the, you know, just uh. it, it unraveled in a wonderful way which I think is the way sometimes when we're not efforting, you know, too much. I know. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I just love Lucy and good for her yeah. for yeah. helping. Sometimes we need a Lucy to come yes. along and either say, you can do this right. or say, you can do this. Let me like fill in the blanks. Like maybe you don't know how to set a Facebook page. Let me set it up for you or whatever. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's so, so uh, amazing. It's been a fun journey and the podcast started because somebody wanted for Lucy and I to talk about our experience at the time, Lucy was dating a woman right? and people were like, oh, why don't we announce that Lucy's a lesbian? Like, why isn't it a big deal? So people wanted to know the story of Lucy's coming out and everything. And so Joe Feldman, mm -hmm. who was with Cards Against Humanity, contacted me and said, do you want to come in and we could, you guys could do a podcast. Wow. And we did. And that was the first episode. We're now, you know, season four, we're a hundred episodes in. So, yes. and, you know, we're talking to different people about different things. So, yeah. And is that episode, that first one I know was so impactful for so many people, both people in the LGBTQIA community and parents yeah, alike. Yeah, right. Yeah, is that yeah. still your number one downloaded episode do you I know think it, I think it is I think yeah. it is I mean it definitely went viral you know yes. and yeah I think I think it is and it, it just started something now Lucy does an after show with me so so great and I you know I get used to the name September because when your kid changes their name it's and so hard and, I know it's a process they, too yes right and 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 goes from she her to they them it's you yes. know I yeah so sometimes I'm good at it and sometimes I, I, I you know, know I'm not good but, at it, but you're trying I know I had a friend in college enough. Went from Hannah to Isabel, not the same thing, you know, but went from yeah. Hannah to Isabel and it, I had to like change it in my phone, Hannah, you know, to Hannah, Isabel. And then finally yes. she was Isabel, but it's like when someone's been something to you for so long, it's hard to it's change. Right. Right. Oh, right. that's and so we, and, great. And we had, it, it's Lucy in September in, in the, in the phone right now, uh, but right. It'll, it, it's yeah. going yeah, to get, get there. to September. So <laughs> that's so, so precious. I am so excited about your book and, you know, oh, thank incredible. You. So tell me a little bit about the book. I mean, I know you're a lover of paleo. It's like, yes. why are you? And and why is this book paleo? And yes. I want to know about the book. Yes. Oh, the paleo journey, man. It's been interesting. So, 
you probably know this, but I got married really young, as some of us in the Southeast do. So I got married at 22, pregnant at 22, not purposefully, had Ella at 23. So my like, I'm going to have a baby in 2022, it was 2013. So I was this fresh young mom and we had been vegan. Chaz and I, my husband had been vegan for five years. And then Ella comes along, born at 30 weeks, in the NICU for five weeks. I mean, it was it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. So then when she started eating solids, I kind of had this like nutrition crisis and was just thinking, you know, it's one thing to make a nutritional choice for yourself. It's another thing to make that choice for a developing child. And so I'm just like, I don't think I can do this whole vegetarian vegan thing for a child. I don't even think I was doing it really like correctly myself at the time. And so we went kind of back to the drawing board and I was at Hilton Head Beach and with my whole family, my mom and my dad and my sister and Chaz. And I brought the book, It Starts With Food, which is Whole30's very first book. So this was 2014. It had been out for like a year or two. Read that book. It talked all about the nutrition science. That was May of 2014. We did a Whole30 in June of 2014. And I started my blog in July of 2014. So it made that much of an impact on us that my thought at the time, and I feel like Terry, you and I started around a similar time. It was like, I feel like everyone's a paleo clean eating food blogger now, but at the time, I mean, it was like Danielle Walker, Michelle Tam, Mark Sisson was in the game. Like there were some big time players, but there weren't a ton of us yet, you know, mm -hmm. like there weren't a ton of us. And so I just kind of felt like, the world is my oyster. I might as well, maybe some naivety, honestly. And so I just started the blog, but the switch to paleo is what made us stay paleo. We had been vegetarian and we were sleeping better. We had that tiger blood energy. My skin was clear. I was like losing weight. I didn't even know I had to lose. Like, I mean, we just felt so great. And, and so that's why we've really, I mean, we've like mostly stuck to paleo at our home. And then we include things back into our diet, honestly, because I'm sort of lazy. I, I'll include things back into our diet that like everyone in my family can eat because I'm not over here making 15 meals for people. And so we'll eat oats and we'll eat some different legumes and certain things, but I'm still making like my paleo chocolate chip cookies. And, you know, it's just kind of a way of life at this point. And do you ever have like a gluten? I mean, I'm gluten-free. So yes, when I'm not doing Whole30, I really, I eat cleanly, but I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not doing paleo all the time. Absolutely right. not. And right. I, I, you know, I'll have gluten-free bread and gluten-free, yes. you know, pasta or risotto Same. or things like that. Yep. Yep. And I don't mean like every day because that becomes a problem, but right. certainly oh, yeah. but once totally. a week I will. Yeah. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there are definitely things that are just so much easier. Like I love a gluten-free pasta and sometimes the grain-free options are just so expensive. So because we don't have to be grain-free, we're not grain-free all the time, certainly. So you were cooking a lot, cooking for your friends, right. all these things. What mm -hmm. brought you to a paleo way of eating? I mean, I've been a food journeyer for, you know, my entire life. So I right. have done things, you know, in my youth, you know, like I have done I'd been vegan. I had right. done juice fasting and that kind yes. of thing. And so I was always kind of like interested in things. And 
a friend tried Whole30, and this is 2015. She tried Whole30 and she was like, you and Roy should do this. You know, you want to live mm. a long life. You want to feel great. Right. And so we started it. And I mean, I like, I just went all in. I mean, I, I think my first one, I did 48 days. I've had some wow. 100 day Whole30s last, last year. I did 100 yeah. days. Um, right. And Roy did like 12 days because that's kind of the way it happens. But yeah, same with Chaz. <laughs> what I liked was I just, I felt really great. So much energy and sleeping better and, you know, skin looking better. But a lot of my recipes, I mean, I turned gluten-free at that point because I, I had ongoing stomach aches. So that was, yes. you know, and, and I fooled it like round and back. But finally, I was like, okay, I'm doing that. And it's easy to be gluten-free. I mean, most of my yeah. things I eat are soups, protein, salad, vegetables, fruits, almond butter. I mean, that's the, you know, yes. I'm not a person making a lot of, I don't make a lot of sweets and things like that, mostly because right. I, I, would, I would eat them. So I I loved doing, it was easy for me. And I loved, I I was like, I feel like I have a superpower with making a recipe whole 30 and having it be like really, really delicious. So So, so that was, you know, that was a lot of fun. And I did that. And at some point whole 30 was looking for hosts, you know, and I contacted and, you know, didn't hear back. But then I, I basically said to Jen, you know, if you let me do this whole 30 takeover, I will absolutely bring it. And they you did. did. And yeah. And, 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 you know, I've done, I don't know, nine takeovers and, yep. and at a certain point, Melissa asked me to do, you know, a whole 30 endorsed book with them. Yes. So that was, you know, a really fun and like really fabulous to be able to. Yes. Do. Yeah. And it was the first one, right? No, um, Michelle, Michelle. Was the first one. And then mm-hmm. you were the second one. Yeah. And yeah. then, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. so amazing. I know. I mean, we, there are so many recipes in your book that we make over and over, but oh, your marinated onions in the onion bowl too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we just have them all the time because my husband doesn't love fresh onions. Like I top everything with fresh onions. I mean, I would just eat an onion raw, honestly, but he doesn't. And neither the kids don't as much either, but they will, everyone will eat the marinated onions. And so I just like love having them at all times. So they're so good. Yeah. But the cookbook, I didn't even get to that. Yeah, I want to know about it. Yeah. Here we go. I'll show, I'll show you guys. So it's called Prep Cook Freeze. It's so fun. Gosh, it was just such a journey, such a process, as you know, Terry. But it's a meal planning method. So it's so great because we give you five recipes a week. And there's one vegetarian a week and then two different proteins for every single week. And we give you basically everything you need. And I created this method because I needed this method for myself, right? And so you, uh, we give you all the prep day instructions. It should take you, you know, two-ish hours on an afternoon to prep the stuff for the week. And then the goal really was that on your cook night, so that week night, it all comes together in 15 minutes of hands-on time. So you're chopping fresh veggies, you know, you're like making a batch of mashed potatoes. You're doing some of the fresher stuff night up, but it takes a lot of the stress out of dinner time. And then are you doing some prep each day? Because clearly you couldn't just in 15 minutes do prep for the week. So Right. So you're you're doing like the bulk of the prep on a Saturday or set, like on a weekend. And for the most part, it's a lot of like the meat. So if it's like a meat and veggie kind of situation for dinner, it's like you're mostly prepping the meat or like you're prepping an entire chili and that you just have to reheat. You know, things like chilies, soups, casseroles, enchilada bakes, lasagnas, those kinds of things, 
you make the whole thing on prep day. But a lot of times it's like you're making the meat on prep day and then you're bringing in fresh ingredients on cook night. But really what I had started doing that transitioned itself into prep cook freeze was I had really embraced batch cooking. Like my five pepper sweet potato chili, I would make like a three or four batch of it and we'd eat it that night have leftovers the next day so we'd eat it twice but i got these like uh kitchen quality restaurant quality containers Mm -hmm. and i would just freeze like four batches of it and label it and then when i didn't know what to eat i would just pull it out of the freezer and it was so nice like it's so so nice and so that was really that whole like batch cook freeze a section was the backbone of the method but i'm like we've all had those terrible freezer meals where you pull it out your grandma thank you for saying that yes like your grandma's like i've got this in the freezer and you're like it's going to be terrible right (laughs) and so what we really tried to do was bring in the fresh element and so you know you've got something in the freezer you're going to thaw it but we've we've confirmed that it freezes well and then you can bring back in fresh ingredients when you are thawing it out and reheating it and so you're prepping once for two two weeks of meals. So you eat it once fresh and then you've frozen apart and you eat it again another time. So it's really fun. Yeah. So what are some of the very best recipes to do that with? I mean, cause I, you know, here's the funny thing about me. I barely freeze anything. I freeze. Stock. I, yes. I freeze and I make homemade stock. So I freeze stock. Yes. I freeze proteins. I freeze right. some things from the summer. Like, you know, I might freeze dried tomatoes or yes. t- cut corn off the cob. I freeze leftover vegetables to make vegetable stock. And I don't know, I don't think I freeze anything up. Meat sauce. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I mean or chicken pot pie. So what yeah, I I'm wondering. Know. Yeah. Like there are certain things. So like on one level. So when I I tell people, like, if you want something that's like, I literally just have to reheat it. It's like I mentioned, soups, stews, casseroles, enchilada bakes, lasagnas, pot pies. Those are all great to make once freeze the whole thing and then pull it out and you're ready to go. Like I seriously will make, there's a turkey pot pie in the cookbook. I will make four at a time, Terry. <laughs> so I and have what, three what, in the freezer. What's your crust? Okay. So I think I perfected the paleo crust. So if you want to go all out and make it, you can okay. recently. And the book is fully paleo, but because we're, our family is just gluten-free, I bought this crust at Sprouts and it is, I think it's the only gluten-free crust on the market that you can just buy at the store. It's like wholesome. I'm going to, holy, does anyone know the brand? Anyway, it's so great. I'll link it in the show notes. I'll find it, but it's a gluten-free okay. crust. And I just, you're not supposed to thaw it. I thawed it out. I put the pot pie in it. I put the two crusts with the metal on it, sealed it because it was already thawed, right? And then like got the extra off the edges, put it in the oven. The last 10 minutes I took up off the top 10. I mean, it's the best crust. It's like rice flour and sustainable palm oil. It is the best crust you've ever had. So it was so easy, like way easier than making your own crust, but we do have the recipe. I'm all about I mean, in that kind of situation, uh, I mean, it's like yes. hum- hummus for me. And I don't really yes. have, have a lot of legumes. Nobody makes better, better hummus in the Middle Eastern store. In what world am right. I going to make a better hummus? Buy your I hummus. I mean, right. You know. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's one of the things actually, Terry, that I had to like swallow my ego because we had some recipe testers test every single week. And we had a few people say, oh yeah, that took me two hours. But we had a few people say, 
that took me eight hours, Caroline. I love you, but like this method yeah. doesn't work. And so yeah. we infused the book with mm -hmm. tons of all of our favorites, Primal Kitchen sauces, Tessie Mays, anytime that we could use something pre-made, that's what we call for. And then in the back of the book, we put all the homemade recipes. And I've now started cooking this way. And I'm like, there are so many more options on the market now than when you and I started eating paleo. Why not use the store-bought barbecue sauce, right? Like, why yeah, not right. save yourself oh an entire gosh. sauce? There's no world we should be making barbecue sauce. Unless <laughs> no. you're like, you come from pitmasters and that's yeah, what you do. Exactly. Yeah. So to go back to what freezes, you know, there are certain things that the whole thing freezes and that's great for your busiest nights. But then, like you said, when I tell people, okay, get my cookbook, don't get my cookbook. If you want to use this method I created, the easiest way to implement it into your life is batch cook your protein. So let's take taco night, for example. Taco night, you traditionally have a pound of ground beef. Let's say you have like Ciete taco seasoning, you sprinkle it on top, you brown the meat with the seasonings, and then you've got all your toppings and your shells, right? Well, if you're already standing there browning the meat, go ahead and brown four pounds of ground beef, four packets, and then freeze three of them in like little individual containers, you label them, you're done. So then the next time when you pull those out, when you pull the, that little container of ground beef out, you pull it out the night before that night, like I suggest buy some pico de gallo in the deli section, buy guacamole, buy siete taco shells, you know, buy some lettuce and chop it up. Like it's so easy. So the easiest way to freeze things is to freeze the meat. That's the easiest way. So it's the most foolproof way. And then otherwise, if you want to freeze other thing, my rule of thumb, and this is what we used over and over in the book when we were like, is this going to freeze or is it not going to freeze? If you walk through the freezer section of the grocery store, you're going to see what freezes. Like they're not going to sell something in the freezer section if it doesn't freeze. So I'm talking fruits and vegetables, mostly vegetables, right? And so there are certain things like you can cut up okra and freeze it. Now, that's not going to taste good if you're going to like thaw it and try to like bread and fry okra. That's going to taste disgusting. But you could add that into a gumbo, let's say, right? And so that's my rule of thumb is like, does it come <laughs> frozen in the freezer section? That's a good way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And what are, what are your, like, what are some of your kids' favorite recipes in the book? Yeah. So Ella's favorite is the chicken tikka masala. So that was a blog favorite, one of the ones that made it into the book. And then Owen's favorite is the pizza, which is so fun because Terry, I tried for seven years to create a paleo pizza crust and failed every time, like to the point that my kids and my family would start to be like, yay, pizza night. Like they were not yeah. excited because it was so bad. Oh my gosh. And so when we finally perfected the pizza crust, everybody was happy. So those are their favorites. You know, I love this idea of cooking smart recently. You know, we've got Friday favorites that goes out on Fridays, our blog subscribers. And one of our last issues was this idea of, you know, of cooking smart. You know, it's like yes. when I make one of my heroin chickens, which it's a yes. hero, you're a hero every time you make it, I make yep. two. You know, yeah. because you can do one and cook it and you can do the other one. It can be like a sandwich for one night or a right. lettuce wrap. You know, it can be a, like my whole 30 new um, Sunday salad. It can take the chicken from that and it can be the yes. chicken for that. You know, it, know. it can be on so many wonderful things. Yeah. Or chicken salad. It's one of my favorite whole 30 things. Ugh, so I, I like this idea salad. of like how to cook smart, you know, 
when I do a roasted sweet potato in cubes, do two of them. Whatever. Yes. I'm, when I make my chive dressing, make two. And that's kind of yes. the way that I do meal prep is, is yeah. that kind of thing. Is you just, you're just batching because my thing too is like, you're already there. <laughs> yeah. You're already doing it. So you might as well make more, especially these things that are either going to freeze or some of these like salad dressings and things like they have sell by, use by dates on the bottom. When you make them yourself, I mean, they're going to last forever and ever and ever. So yeah, might as well, for sure. And what's one of your favorite recipes from the book? Mm, my favorite is the mustard pork tenderloin. It is so simple. I know you make pork tenderloin, but growing up, you know, my mom was always saying pork tenderloin's hard to cook. It will dry out and then it tastes terrible and all these things. Well, it's just, this recipe's just some olive oil, mustard, garlic, rosemary, and you use whole garlic cloves. So you just brown it in your Dutch oven, put the lid on, put it in the oven, and the entire garlic cloves like marinate and just roast. And I will, I like steal all of them. They're so good. So we serve them with sweet potato latkes and like a simple horseradish mayo. Uh, and I mean, I make it, it's one of those, I mean, Terry, you're so good at entertaining and like, you know, the salad platters and like, you're just so good at hosting. And this is one of those dishes that like, it's just a crowd pleaser. And it's just one of those things that's simple and impressive. Like people are like, this is so good. And you're like, if you knew it took me five minutes, <laughs> you know, well, that's, that's even better when it takes right. you that what are some of exactly. your other, like your tips from the book? Like, what are we going to find in there? What tips are really going to help us get dinner on the table in a way that isn't stressful? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think people are generally scared of prepping at all. <laughs> you know, like, I feel like we're all terrified of, we see these people who are like, I prepped all day. Like I had an eight hour prep day, you know? And it's like, no one actually wants to do that. So I think I think people have this idea of what meal prep is in their head. And I just like to encourage people that it's, it's not that, you know? Like it can be just like you're saying, like maybe meal prep to you is making two heroin chickens or maybe meal prep is just doing the two hour prep in the book and just prepping for the week. So I think the biggest tip is the prep part because it doesn't have to be overwhelming and, and it really can set you up for success for the week. What was the process like? I mean, I know it, I, from writing a book, it's like the undertaking. Yes, Nobody has any freaking idea. Nobody. What was that like for you? <laughs> well, we got the book deal April of 2020. So it was nuts. I mean, like I had already been using Instacart for so long as a food blogger and like, I just don't want to go every day and all these things. And so I get on the app and we're in the middle of a pandemic and it's like, you can, you order it on April 1st, you can get your groceries April 30th, right? Like there was just so much demand and we're all trying to stay home and all these things. So that was just a crazy element to it. And then it was even more challenging because these publishers know how to make the like 60 recipe cookbook that you wrap in a bow and, and you're done and or they you or the hundred recipes or whatever like they have like kind of a method yeah. well this one because it was its entire method there's the prep day and then what do we do with the recipe page and where do we put the note that there's a homemade recipe like there are just so many elements so i feel like that dragged it on for sure. Like, I feel like it was more 
it was like harder because it was a method. But what about you? I mean, I feel like I love your cookbook because I mean, I've been to your book tour, right? And so I I heard people, you know, I love the people that love you, Terry, because like, they're just weeping, (laughs) you know, like, I just love Terry, and I feel the same. And people talking about reading your cookbook, and, and like, feeling your heart and soul in it, and like the notes and the stories. And I love that. So was that something you had to fight for? Or... I mean, it's a good, good question. First of all, when you do a cookbook, it's like having a child. You bring the child home uh, and no one tells you, it's like, you, you, I get to leave the hospital with this thing. I know right. nothing about what I'm doing. Exactly. Writing a cookbook is a little bit that way. You get the deal and then they just think you know what you're doing. No idea what I'm doing. No, and right. I'm not really a recipe writer. I'm more like an, an adventurer in the kitchen. And then it's right. like, what did I even do? So getting a right. recipe for me, and it was really the reason I didn't want to do it was, Oh, I hate being locked into recipes, but Melissa Urban offers you this opportunity. Yeah, you got to do not it. Gonna, you're not going to say no. And right. I wouldn't have said yes. Let me just tell you, except for that. I'm so glad I said yes. It was a leap of faith. I found it to be really, really hard. And it's like, you make it. Is that right? Does it need to be different? Trying it again. Right. Um, and then I, you know, there were things I wanted to add. Like I was like, I want to add quotes throughout my book because on the page, it's yes. not uncommon for me to put some kind of positive thinking quote up. Yes. So I wanted to add that. I wanted to add some stories about like my family, my parents and things like that. And no, my thing, the thing about my, uh, my publisher, Justin, who at that point was at the big publishing house and I can't think of the name and now he's HMH, right? HMH. Thank you. And now he's with Simon Schuster. Um, Oh, okay. Is that, I think he trusts people and he lets you do your thing. Now, mind you, I could have used actually probably a little more help than I got. And Anne Volkheim, (laughs) who they said, you have to, you have to get a recipe tester. So I was like, no problem. So yeah. we did the recipe a million times and then you give it to Anne and she knows you need to put the comma here. That's not the way you say it. You say chopped before this, you, you know, that right. kind of thing. So she was fantastic. Yeah. And she had done a lot of cookbooks. So she was like, kind of like a mother to me, even though I'm older mm. than she is. So she was just <laughs> like, great. And she really understood the way I cooked and she really liked my food. Anyways, love her. So um, I had her and and she was wonderful, but I thought, I found the whole process very stressful. I didn't want to do a cookbook after that. It was like, I felt like I put my whole heart and soul into it. Yeah. And I, you know, I did my 48 tips, most of them cooking, you know, some even for the bedroom, but, um, (laughs) but I I didn't want to do one again. So I don't know. It's interesting. I've been thinking recently, just like next year, what I like to do a book strictly about magic elixirs. Um, (sighs) I said this to my partner Please. the other day. He looked at me like I was insane. I said, I'm thinking next year, maybe I would do a cookbook on magic yes. luxury because it's a lot easier to do one than it is, you know, on, and that's like fun and all that. So that's, yes, that's a maybe, you know, in the future kind of thing. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that because the last I talked to you, you were like, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> I in did term- my book. Yeah. In terms of like a hundred recipes and all that, no, I'm not going to do it. But in terms of doing a small book on magic elixirs. Yes. 50 of and them. here's and I, the deal. Yeah. You, the thing about you though, too, is like, I love your, you don't even try, but like magic elixirs is now it's now a term and it's a brand yeah. and it's a, uh, it's a thing. And so it's a, it's a known thing. And so if, if I saw magic elixirs on the shelf, I would know, oh my gosh, that's Terry Turner's book. So you, you know, you do a good job and of, of making that known. And so I'm here for it. 
Yeah, and I have the uh, the trademark or whatever on it. So, oh, you uh, do? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. As long as we did it, we thought, let's just get, we don't want to. Let's you know, just be, do it. Yeah, let's you know, go. Some, some trouble. <laughs> so anyways, so how do you manage all of this? I mean, I know social media, mm. it's, it's you know, we, we, we've spoken before, it's a grind. You've yes. got to put the money in the machine all the time. You've got to create content all the time. And so much of cooking can be joyful, but some of yes. the joy gets lost when we've got the day in, day out. So what is your it strategy? Does. How do you, you know, how do you do it? I know. Well, it's funny. I mean, yeah, there's a lot that goes on. So I have, I have a COO, a right-hand helper, Emily Steeles. So she is a trained chef. She helped me write the cookbook. She's fantastic. So I do have help. So that's yeah. important. And especially for caretakers, moms, parents that are trying to do this entrepreneur thing. One of the first things I say is get childcare, get help. Yeah. Because, you know, if you you can't do a million things at one time. You just can't. And so like, honestly, the reason that I can do it, Terry, is because my kids are now, they're six and eight. So uh, kindergarten and third grade. So they're in school 30 hours a week. I, and it was funny this summer, I decided to take the whole summer off, which was lovely. And so I spent time with them. And, and in the heart of it, I was like, I missed my calling. Like my calling is to be a stay at home mom. And then this voice in my ear was like, yeah, until they go to school 30 hours a week. Right, like, what are you right. going to do, right? And so that's really how I do it, is they're in school. But even when they were little, like, I made sure to send them to a preschool. I mean, I personally think it's great for them. They have, both of my children, since age one, have loved some sort of school, whether that's half day, three days a week, whatever. And then that just gave me the outlet to both be mom you know, in the afternoons and, but also have this creative outlet and, and help people how I want to serve them and all of these things. So that is, that is part of it is that I, you know, I just have help and, and, and they're at school. And then I think the other thing, and it's not always easy, but just coming back to what is actually important to me, right? And and why am I doing this? And I'm really doing this to help people live their healthiest lives, their most fulfilled lives. And so, you know, would it be fun to have a show on the Magnolia Network and to have millions of followers and do all these things? Sure, that would be great. I wouldn't turn it down, but it can be so discouraging throwing content into the wheel, grinding day after day, and not seeing, you know, you do something, you're like, that's going viral, and four people like it, you know? And so it's the worst. It's the worst when you're yes. like, this is so genius. I love it. Yes. This is a moment. And you put it out and it's like, no, Flop. it's not. It's, yes. It's definitely disheartening. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And so, you know, just realizing there's a lot of forces at play right now, especially with social media. And it seems like they're kind of maybe trying to make it less that way, which is good. But just remembering it's not a popularity contest. This is literally a robot making these choices for my Instagram page or TikTok page or podcast or whatever it is at the time. And that's not the important thing. So I think just focusing on my purpose and why I'm doing it really, I guess it really brings me back to it. That's what, that's what keeps me grounded. And I'm not always in that place, but I think I'm happiest when I'm in that place. I love it. Yeah. What about yeah, you it's a lot. with all the content, it's, all the things? Know. It's a lot, you know, I mean, it's like we Friday favorites each week and we've got the podcast yes. and then there's just that 
race to have, you know, the right content. And, you know, we just finished a whole 30 takeover. So yep. it, it's interesting. I feel like sometimes there's a you know effort fully this time we were like, let's, we're going to do the whole 30, but we're not going to make ourselves crazy. Yep. So we brought four new recipes instead of everything being, and, you know, we were just more lighthearted about it. And, and I had actually a very successful whole 30. Sometimes you go over there and it just doesn't happen. Right. So I was, I was like, you know, so I would say that this year I'm moving into ease to rest. I'm definitely going, you know, what is new, no crumbs left 2.0 looking like for me because yep. doing everything all the time, it's so many ways it's too much. Of and, course. you know, this year I've gotten injured. So that yes. is, you know, that's just, that's just another thing to handle. Yep. And you got to say, I got to listen to my body. I got to slow down. I got to, you know, yeah. and like my partner always says, are you are you planning on working up until the day you die? Right. Like, I was about to ask you that. Like, do you have a retirement? Like, I'm going to stop at whatever age, or you think you'll just keep on? I don't know. I, I am definitely, I had last year, I had this thing where I had a year of health. So I really reevaluated mm. like my health and I looked at everything from like losing weight to sleeping to lots mm. of exercise, you know, which is how I got injured, you, you know, <laughs> Gosh, to yeah. supplements, you know, to, and what it unwound for me is how I know that I do too much and I want to figure out in a way how not to do so much yeah. and how to really spend more time with the, the people and things that I really want to do. Mm. So I'm just looking at all that and what does that mean? And, and, you know, how do I make that happen and still enjoy no, no crumbs left? So I would yes. say I'm, I'm evaluating that, but yeah. you know, the reality about being 60 is, you know, I do, I mean, it, it, this year, a year ago, six months ago, Roy and I were out to dinner one night and we said, we're going to go away for a month next year. Mm. We're going to do that. We're going to make the commitment right now that comes September. So we made the commitment and we're going away for four weeks in September. I love you know? it. And, you know, I just was like, Molly, I, I've always wanted to do this. And it's like, if I don't do it now, Molly's the director of social media. You know, when, when am I going to do it? I'm 60 years old. Right. You know? So, so we're planning, we're figuring out how do we bring our brands with, what do we do? You know, but we've have said to our, you know, brands that we're working remotely for this month. So any content we are doing in August, yep. but we're not doing it in September. Yeah. So anyways, that's what that's, I'm I think figuring it's it out. So and good. It, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we all are. And too, it's just like, I feel like we're all on this journey and I, the last year, same, I mean, I've been trying to reevaluate all the things too. Every, there are things that are good until they're not. There are things that are yeah. really great about social media and then they, then it's too much, right? And so figuring out boundaries and timing, but also just what helps you love your life more? What helps you love the people around you the best? What helps you stay rested and grounded? It's like, these are all things, these are all things that we will forever be learning. Yeah. Mm. Well, let me ask you, Terry, two questions that I ask everyone okay. uh, before we end. So the first one is you're at the end of your life and you're looking back to you. And we were starting to touch on this, but what does a successful life look like for you, Terry? I mean, I think a successful life is a lot about loving your people, mm. you know, loving the people in your life and spending time and, and having experiences with them. So looking back on a life, it'll be a life well lived with people that I love. I love that. You know, and for me also, I came from a family where making a difference was important. Yes. And so every day in every way that I can, and I've been fortunate in my life in more ways than one. I mean, I just had amazing parents that loved us so much yes. and, and my parents were fortunate people. So we always knew that 
you know, when a lot's been given, a lot is expected. Yes. And so making a difference. And I feel like whenever we can make a difference in whatever way we can, we should. And that's been, mm. that's been the driver for my life for sure. Yes. I love that so much. Okay. Last question, which is a two-parter. What's one area of your life recently that you feel like you have been really intentional and you've done a great job and what's one way moving forward, you'd like to be more intentional? I feel like with my health, with my time, with my rest, I would say this last year, I've been really, really intentional. Mm. And so I feel like all of these ways that I really haven't been intentional, right. I've lassoed them up. And I would not <laughs> say that I got it, but I would say I'm well, uh, well in, in that. And yes. I would say something else that I'm, you know, I've got something going on in my life where I've got a goodbye that's happening. Mm. And even though it's a hard goodbye, I know it's, it's a good goodbye, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like also just trusting the universe. And when things come up and happen in a certain way, not hanging on. And it's not with my relationship because by the way, I'm very happy there, yeah. <laughs> but it's, 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 you know, it's, it's knowing when it's okay to say goodbye. Yes. And you may not know the next thing that's happening, right? but you can, you can trust the process. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what I'm working on right now as I'm transitioning some things in my life. Yeah. I think that's so, so important. Yeah. Can you, can you tell us your answer to these questions? Ooh, yeah. I know I get to ask everybody else and I don't answer often. I would say very similar to you on the looking back, you know, I want my life to be marked by love and also by fun and experiences. I think that's one of my strong suits is fun. And so I love trips like you do, and I love experiences. And so I would love to just look back and think I loved my people well. I loved the people who didn't even know me well. Even the stranger at the grocery store felt loved from an interaction with me. So I wanna be marked by love. And then I want to continue in my work to bring people closer to their true self, closer to God and closer to the people that they love. So if I can continue to do that in my work, that will feel like a successful life. One area this past year, Chaz and I kind of, I don't, I think it's been a year, maybe it's been longer. <laughs> the last couple of years, it like all starts to fade into each other, but we've gotten really good about having a Sunday meeting. And what we do is we look forward at the week and we say, we look at the calendar and we say, this is what's going on. And it's a lot of logistics, like just yeah, a reminder, you know, yeah. Thursday, I've got that thing. You need to pick up the kids and we're doing, you know, so it's just like, let's get on the same page with what's going on. You know, we'll meal plan together, talk about what we're going to eat that week. And then I write it on the calendar, which is really helpful. And then we also talk finances. So Chaz is the finance guy and he has our budget. So he kind of goes through our budget on Saturday. And then on Sunday we can say, oh, well, we way over blew it with this. And, you know, this is going to be a tighter week because of <laughs> that fun thing we did or whatever. So we just kind of go over all the things. And it's also a time yeah. for how are you feeling? How am I feeling? Is there anything unresolved we need to talk about? So that has just been a really great rhythm of life that's just so helpful in so many ways. So that's been a, a way that we've been really intentional. Moving forward, I feel like I want to be more intentional about 
not using my phone 24 seven. Oh my God. I should have said that. That's such a good, that's such a good one. I know. And so, (laughs) I mean, I read this book, digital minimalism, and it basically is just like, we're all addicted, blah, blah, blah. And so we've started doing a Sabbath on Sundays. So it's technology free, it's screen free, it's family time. It's really lovely. And it is like, it brings my anxiety from like here, just down to nothing. And so that's been lovely. But one thing that's really interesting about doing that is if we're out and about, I mean, everyone's looking at their phone at all times, every single human being at all times. And so, and and here's the deal. I am too, except for these Sundays where we're not. And so you don't even realize it. It's like that movie, is it Wally? And they're all morbidly obese sitting in their chairs like looking at their screens and they don't even notice like there's this beautiful space outside right outside they've never even noticed it and so i think we're all just buried in our phones and so just trying to use my phone less actually live my life and so it's been helpful i'm already starting research for book number two so i have this list of like 10 books i'm supposed to be reading so it's been it's been good to have replaced that with something else like reading which makes it easier to switch it with something else. So reading has been good. I like good. that. Yeah. I like it. I want to take yours, by the way. That okay. I could like yes. I kind of blanked it, but that's a hundred percent mine. Yeah. And I'm it's really hard because I'm on the phone all the time. Yeah. But some of the changes that I'm making are gonna allow me to be on the phone less. Yes. So it's it's gonna be good. Yep. It's gonna be good. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate you having oh, me. Oh, Terry, and, it's such yeah. an honor. You are so lovely. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Terry, you are such a treat. It was so fun to have you here. And thank you so much for joining us. And you can follow her at No Crumbs Left on Instagram, her website, get her book there, all of the things. So we will see you guys soon. Terry, thank you so much for just gracing us with your presence. You are just such a lovely human being, and we were so thrilled to have you on the show today. You guys, be sure to check out Terry at No Crumbs Left on Instagram. She also has a thriving, bustling Facebook community of over 500,000 people. So join her on Facebook at No Crumbs Left as well. Please check out her cookbook. We come back to her cookbook over and over again. That is the No Crumbs Left cookbook. You can find that wherever books are sold. So thank you again, Terry, and we will see you guys next week. Next week.